wow, what a privilege to be part of a family that is understanding and exercising and walking in generosity in our worship in that way. Um, I think as Joe said, we'll, we'll get some more info out in the next two or three weeks specifically about this final push. Um, how good to be in 20 days of prayer. I love Imaka's prayer earlier. We're, we're right in the thick of it at the moment. Last Sunday, it was beautiful to have this uh, our, our friends uh, with us as a prophetic team. And I know many of us are still just kind of processing through um, some of the things that were shared and, and brought into our lives, both as individuals and as a, a church family last Sunday. Last Sunday night, it was great to have a press pause evening and just reflect in prayer on some of that um tonight joe's just mentioned some people we're giving money to we don't just want to give money tonight specifically at our 6 p.m meeting we're going to pray uh, we, we've got some special guests from um from brazil uh we're going to pray into the russian speaking world we're going to pray for a combination of swans um and uh some other stuff as well that i've probably forgotten about uh but i'm really urging you um where your treasure is there your heart is also jesus says so um, hey, well done, church, for putting your hands in your pockets. Uh, let's also express with our hearts uh, and our prayers a real commitment ongoing uh, to these precious men and women that are serving the Lord uh, out from us in other places. Um, and let me just encourage you as well as we push forward this week, um, one or two of our plans that we thought we might be able to do some bigger prayer walks together, obviously with the rule of six. Um, that's not going to be possible right now. So let me just encourage you this Wednesday um, to, uh, it, as, as it's possible in your own life and own situation, just to take some time to pray outside, to go for a walk, uh, to pray for the town, for the economy, for jobs, for the situations, you know, the stuff that's on our hearts right now. And to get signed up this Thursday night into Friday through Friday, we've got 24 hours of prayer in our virtual uh, prayer room. Um, and so uh, please get, you, you'll find the link in all the emails on the, uh, on the church uh, website. Uh, on the prayer page there just get yourself signed up to pray uh, take one of the slots if someone else has taken a, a time slot that you want no problem you're still allowed to pray uh, just set your alarm and go for it uh, so today as joe says we're going to carry on um, looking at uh, this beautiful little uh, part of jeremiah jeremiah 29 uh, his letter to the exiles we've been learning so much for us uh, as, as God's people right now in our current situation. And so before we pick up, uh, I think we've just got a short video from Ken. Some of you may have seen this, but it's just a really helpful background uh, to the whole letter of Jeremiah. Go for it, Ken. Hi there. We're going to be looking at the book of Jeremiah over the next couple of weeks. Uh, and I've been asked just to say a few words to introduce this book. Jeremiah is one of the major prophets, so it's a really important piece of scripture for us to study. At the same time, it's important to acknowledge that it's not the easiest of books to read. So let me give you a couple of reasons why we can at times find Jeremiah difficult, but some reasons why it's nevertheless a really important book for us to study. Firstly, it's a long book, 52 chapters long. Only Isaiah among the prophets is longer. It is at times a difficult book to read. Uh, it's not written in a chronological order. It's more a collection of Jeremiah's prophecies and sayings that are grouped together in, a, in an almost arbitrary fashion. And Jeremiah himself changes his viewpoint over time. That's not surprising, seeing as uh, it covers 40 years worth of history and the reign of no less than seven kings. And it is at places a depressing book. 
Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. He, he has got nothing but, unfortunately, bad news for the people of God. A Jeremiah in the English language has come to mean somebody who says nothing but bad news. So why study Jeremiah? Well, there's some really positive reasons. Firstly, it's a very emotional and real story. Jeremiah is very honest. There's a reality here that we don't find in many other books in scripture as the prophet really opens up his heart and identifies with the struggles that he's going through, struggles that we might be going through. It's a theologically rich book. There's much in here about God. And as we read it, we will learn more about God. And then it's an inspiring book. You know, one of my favourite passages in scripture comes from Jeremiah. It talks of God's plan for us and his new covenant. It talks in Jeremiah 31 and verses 33 and 34 about him writing his words on our hearts. No longer will we just have to teach one another, but we'll know God in a very real way. So Jeremiah himself, what can we say about him? Well, the book was written in the 7th century BC. God's people are divided into 10 tribes in the north uh, who've been overrun already by Assyria and Judah in the south, two tribes. And it's to them that Jeremiah speaks about the coming conquest by Babylon. And in that sense, it is nothing but bad news. This God has said this to the people through other prophets. They haven't listened. And Jeremiah is the last prophet that he's going to send to warn them. But in here, nevertheless, we catch a glimpse of God's unchanging plan and purpose for his people. If they remain true to him, he will protect them and they will come back to him and be secure uh, with his arms enfolded around them. So I'm really looking forward to studying Jeremiah. I hope you're excited to be on this journey with us too. Hello, just having a little dance with my mouse pad there where it says the host is trying to unmute you whilst I'm trying to unmute myself. And so we have this little dance every time. And the more I press buttons, the slower it makes the process. So, hey, Ken, thank you so much for that. And if you want to catch up with that and look at it in more detail, uh, Ken's video is out there somewhere in some of the stuff that we've shared in the last few weeks. So here we are in, um, in Jeremiah and uh, these words have real resonance for us. We've been recognizing we're not going back quickly like the exiles that Jeremiah was writing to. We're not going to be going back quickly to how things were. We've been using these phrases like we have new maps, new ways to live. We're looking to be God's people here in these circumstances who get our heads out of our own situations and say, God, if you've put us here, how can we live to serve the city right now? And so we've been looking at these verses of, of building and planting and looking at our relationships and how we serve the town and business and education and uh, the church being outside of the walls that used to be around us. So let's have the whole passage again. We've been enjoying it in different languages. Um, I think last week was in Shona. I think this week we're going to hear it in Portuguese. And again, if maybe for the one or two that aren't fluent uh, in Portuguese, I think you'll find the subtitles in English or you can follow along in your English Bibles. Go for it. Good morning, guys. So today we are going to read, to read Jeremiah 29 from 1 till verse 14. And I'm going to read from verse 1 till 6 in Portuguese. 
Este é o conteúdo da carta que o profeta Jeremias enviou de Jerusalém aos líderes que ainda restavam entre os exilados, aos sacerdotes, aos profetas e a todo o povo que Nabucodonosor deportara de Jerusalém para a Babilônia. Isso aconteceu depois que o rei Joaquim e a rainha-mãe, os oficiais do Palácio Real, os líderes de Judá e Jerusalém, os artesãos e artífices foram deportados de Jerusalém para a Babilônia. Ele enviou a carta por intermédio de Eleasa, filho de Safã, e Gemarias, filho de Ilquias, os quais Zedequias, rei de Judá, mandou a Nabucodonosor, rei da Babilônia. A carta dizia o seguinte, Assim diz o Senhor dos Exércitos, o rei de Israel, a todos os exilados que deportei de Jerusalém para a Babilônia, construam casas e habitem nelas, Plantem jardins e comam de seus frutos. Now I'm going to read from verse 6 to 12. Casem e tenham filhos, e que os filhos casem e também tenham filhos. Vocês devem aumentar o número e não diminuir. Trabalharem para o bem da cidade para onde, o seu, para onde eu os mandei como prisioneiros. Olhem a mim pedindo um em favor dela, pois ela estiver bem, vocês também estarão. Eu, o Senhor Todo-Poderoso, o Deus de Israel, os estou avisando para que não se deixem enganar pelos profetas que vivem no meio de vocês, nem por aqueles que dizem que podem adivinhar o futuro. Não deem atenção aos sonhos deles. Eles dizem mentiras em meu nome. Eu não os, avi... Eu não os enviei. Eu, o Senhor, estou falando. O Senhor Deus diz ainda, Quando os 70 anos da Bíblia, da Babilônia passarem, eu mostrarei que me interesso por vocês e cumprirei a minha promessa de trazê-los de volta à pátria. Só eu conheço os planos que tenho para vocês. Prosperidade e não desgraça em um futuro cheio de esperança. Sou eu, o Senhor, quem está falando. Now I'll be reading from verse 12 to 14 in Portuguese. Então, você vai me achar e orar a mim, e eu responderei. Vocês vão me procurar e me achar, pois vão me procurar com todo o coração. Sim, eu afirmo que vocês me encontrarão e que os levarei de volta à pátria. Eu os ajuntarei de todos os países, de todos os lugares por onde os espalhei. E levarei vocês de volta à terra de onde os tirei e levei como prisioneiros. Eu, o Senhor, estou falando. Bye! Bye. Ok, so Steve's going to actually have a look at verse 12 and 13. So let me read that for you in English. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Yeah, stay there. You're going to read some other ones in a moment, aren't you? I think. Um, so today, briefly, we want to take some time to pray in a few minutes, but we're just going to look at a bit of a division of labor uh, this week and next week. T today, I guess, is part one where we get these clear instructions to us as God's people. Call upon me, come to me, pray to me, seek me with all of your heart. 
And then part two next week, wrapped around verses 12 and 13, are 11 and 14, and these incredible promises that speak about God's plans for us, the things that God is going to do, God's plans, the God who listens, the God who's going to come to us, the God who's going to bring us out. Uh, so we get God's side of things this Sunday. Uh, but for today, we're realizing, hey, this, this beautiful invitation isn't just, a, isn't just for the, the exiles in Babylon two and a half thousand years ago. This big picture of scripture that we have in our hands, it confirms what we know about the heart of a God who loves us. Uh, it comes together beautifully. These words remind me of the words of Jesus who, inv who invites us to approach him uh, in the way that Jeremiah writes to the exiles. Do you want to just read some of those words of Jesus for us? And maybe the Apostle Paul as well. So Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 7 and 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be opened. Yeah. Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The next one. Matthew 19, verse 14. Uh, then the little children were brought to Jesus. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And then finally jump into Philippians chapter four, verse seven. And the peace of God. Just go back a verse from there. Okay, verse, verse six. six. Do yeah. not be anxious about anything. Beautiful. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Wow. Beautiful. Okay. So these are amazing words. Thanks, Cassie. Um, and Jeremiah speaks them two and a half thousand years ago. And the living word of God speaks them into our lives today. Um, everyone who seeks everyone who asks, everyone who knocks, young people, children, little children. This is simple. It's childlike. Uh, it's an instruction for all of us. These instructions are going to help us to pray, not just in these 20 days of prayer, but in these days ahead. Um, and we're looking at our side of the equation today. We're recognizing there's, there's so much we can't do. There's so much that's out of my control. What do we do in that situation? Do we just give up? Do we just let go and let God uh, no, there are some crucial things that we are responsible for in faith and obedience whilst we're in exile. And Jeremiah says them to the first people. And he says them to us, call on me, come to me, pray to me, seek me with all your heart. It really is simple. It really is childlike. Um, hey, church, it's been six months now since we met together physically. I wonder how are you leaning into God and into his promises have you learned some of these habits and patterns that will help you flourish here in this current time and climate are you blooming where you've been planted i was looking in psalm 1 again earlier this week that description of a tree in psalm chapter 1 that is planted by the stream and bearing fruit is that your life 6 months away from christian fellowship or are you withering are you lost have you fallen away from all the helpful, healthy structures of discipleship? Are you dying on the inside? Are you becoming like the world, like those exiles that were taken out into captivity? Have you just let go? Are you maybe just hoping God do something? 
but I'm looking at two apple trees in our front garden. The one on the right-hand side is heavy with apples. The one on the left-hand side, it looked perfectly healthy until about two months ago. There's not a single piece of fruit on it. Uh, month after month after month, you and I as followers of Jesus can look exactly the same, but one has put their roots down deep and another has lost all their normal ways of drawing in the strength and the life of Jesus. How about you and I, disciple? Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you've worn yourself out trying to, trying to uh, make life work in your own strength the last few months. There's no point waiting on God. I, I've, I've got to get on. Uh, I don't feel like God's heard me or like his promise is going to open up for us. So I've got to do something. Hey, whichever side of the fence you find yourself sitting on, this, let these verses be a wake up to us disciples this morning. There, there's loads. That is rightly God's responsibility and we'll look at that next week but in faith we have this one simple instruction call on me come to me pray to me seek me with all your heart this a number of different ways of saying the same thing There's so much out of our control as we said but these simple practices of prayer are entirely within our control we get to choose whether we turn to him whether we or, or whether we decide i, I don't I I, I I can do it myself we get to decide whether um uh, we, we press in in this way or whether we use the excuses of uh, there's no structure, there's no physical church, I'm not able to meet with others right now. These verses 12 and 13 show it's entirely dependent on me and on you whether we come to God in this way or not. And it's how disciples in exile have always prayed. If you get a chance this week, have a look at Daniel's story. Uh, Daniel was a man taken into Babylon uh, at this time. He would have been uh, a contemporary, perhaps, of, uh, of Jeremiah, one of those that received the letter that Jeremiah wrote in Daniel 6.3. It says for, for, for Daniel, he was at home. He was kneeling to pray three times a day. He was giving thanks to God, even in uh, the face of news which was threatening to him again. From the moment Daniel arrived in the Babylonian culture, it had been trying to absorb him and pull him away, but he knew I'm part of the people of God, and so this is what, how I'm going to practice my faith. And it was his usual practice, it says, to pray in this way in Daniel chapter 6. He's learned a discipline, church. He's done it for years, probably since before he first came as a young man and was refusing the food from the king's table in Babylon as a young exile, Daniel had already set his face to decide, I'm going to commit to coming before the Lord, to seeking him, to praying. Hey, there's loads we've had to stop doing in these days. There's loads we've been carried away from. But what disciplines in prayer are going to continue in these days? The people of God have always been a simple, dependent, praying people. Uh, daily, regularly, giving thanks, soaking ourselves in God's word, um, whether life is good or whether it's hard. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, Paul's writing to a, a church under pressure. He says, be joyful always, pray continuously, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. How about the response of the local church in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 4? They were faced with a threat of persecution. What do they do? They gathered to pray. They lifted their voices together in prayer to God. They called on him. They cried out to him. Friends, this is who we are as the people of God. These are our reflexive responses and reactions. We've just gathered a few little short insights into the devotional life of some of the saints in this church. And so it'd be great just to share those now before we come to a summary and pray together. Thanks, technical wizards. I love to read the Bible curled up 
on the sofa first thing in the morning with a nice hot cup of tea and a coloured pencil so I can colour in verses that jump out at me. Um, at the moment I'm trying to work through the Bible in a Year app which is really good. Um, I don't manage it every day but I kind of I don't beat myself up if I miss out a day or two or three. Um, I also love to try and learn verses so I, I stick verses around my house um, maybe over the over the washing up sink or on the dashboard of the car not sure how safe that is and um, yeah I just love getting God's word into me. Hi Katie and I are very well blessed in that we get a time and in the morning every day to pray and read the Bible guided by Script Union daily bread which is great and uh, then in the evening also we get a time to spend with God. Kate has already said that she spends time reflecting and it's great that God has given us this time and has, has blessed us. It's good that we, can, we have time to worship God at home which I, I enjoy doing led by Hill Songs or uh, Chris Tomlin via uh, YouTube I believe. But that's great. Hi, for my quiet times I love to listen to the Bible. I've got the version app on my gadgets and I will simply open that up and press play. I'm often in my workroom uh, so doing other things at the same time but I'd love to listen to a whole chunk of scripture. My favourite at the moment is listening to the life of Jesus so I'll press play at the start of Matthew and listen through to all that he did and said and, and all the miracles that he did and what the disciples did. It's great. I'm able to press pause when something strikes my heart and I can pray. I'll pray, Lord, do that in our time. I hope that helps. Hi, I start today saying good morning, Holy Spirit, and pray personalized Lord's Prayer, followed by a strong tea with morning stretches, listening to devotionals, or worship. I then read a new or old uh, testament chapters, pausing to note what stood out, and I finish the day by praying together with camp. But I'm not following it all religiously, but rather walk in awareness of God's presence and his love, and I pray that over you too in this prayer season. In the evening I like to stop and reflect on my day and think about the way I've reacted and responded and um, when I've been aware of God's Spirit helping me and I like to write it down as a prayer letter. After that I like to think about my day from God's point of view about how he's felt about my reactions and my thoughts and words and I write those down as a reflection prayer letter response. For me it's a positive experience. Um, I'm a much loved child interacting with a caring loving parent who wants to encourage me to grow and develop. Hi, um, for me devotionals can be slotted in anywhere in the day because I'm a busy mum. I might plan to do it in the morning and then get disrupted by the children so um, I tend to use a Bible app quite a lot to do devotionals and I fit it in when I can. Sometimes it's in the bathroom, sometimes it's in bed in the morning, sometimes it's in the garden, sometimes in the kitchen. But I try and get my mind focused upon God. Another thing I also do is have Premier Radio in the background, which is on at the moment. And that just 
helps to align my mind on God. And as I rest at night, um, I put on the audio Bible for an hour before I go to sleep, or as I'm going to sleep, and that just helps still my mind so that I can just rest and focus upon God and actually create images in my mind of the Bible and of God. Hi there, I'm uh, really a morning person. Uh, and I have an audio recording of the Bible on my phone, so I will listen to three or four chapters a day. And if you do that, that gets you through the Bible in about a year. Uh, and I'll pray about what I've just read. Uh, and then I'll just pray and ask God to bless the day ahead uh, and all the things that I'm doing and to be with my friends and family. These precious men and women you've just heard from there, like many others of you, have made a decision um, about the priority of their discipleship. What, what's going to shape you and I right now? Is it the news? Is it the pessimism of others? Is it some of the fear that's around? Or, or are we going to overload maybe on some of the fake prosperity Christian message that's out there, some of the conspiracy nonsense? Are, are we going to be shaped by the proclamations and the threats of the ungodly? Disciples, we get to wake up and make a choice about how we will be disciple. We get to get before the Lord and his presence as a priority. And we can do this without any excuse or any uh, help of others. Um, we're responsible for the outcomes. Um, sorry, we're not responsible for the outcomes. That comes next week as we look at, uh, 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 at what, what God takes care of as we come to him in this way and put our lives in, in his hands. But we get to recognize that in this moment where life seems so far out of control and, and I guess you've worked that out by now um, we're, we're coming to realize we, we really can't do life on our own maybe we're waking up finally to the fact um, that we are a dependent people we've been made to turn into and lean onto the one who we're made for a relationship with Jesus Christ perhaps you're realizing for the first time we, we can't get out of this mess on our own in our own strength our own power our own wisdom Maybe you're beginning to be alerted to the fact that we're kind of bankrupt right now. And I'm not just speaking about the UK economy, all of our wisdom, all our great ideas, all of our mighty strength, all our self-assured pride um, in our advance and our prosperity. One virus comes and in six months, everything we've ever leaned on seems to have been stolen away. Friends, we need Jesus, a, a shallow empty performance of outward Christianity that looks okay in the good times and the easy times is not going to cut it for you or I right now in times of hardship. Those of us who've just maybe prayed occasionally in church or open our Bible on Sundays without these deep heart practices of the people of God will find ourselves uprooted. Hey, maybe there are some here this morning who haven't really prayed or, or read the Bible on a daily basis for months and months. No wonder you feel like you're struggling right now. Maybe there are some watching either here on the Zoom or over on Facebook or YouTube who've, who've never really sought after God in this way before. Yesterday, I spoke with a guy who, who, who's not a follower of Jesus. He was telling me he wants to pray but doesn't know how to. And he said, I don't want to start in a time of, of crisis. Is it okay to come to God just when things are hard? Wow, I love that response. If that's you this morning, God rewards a heart like this. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. He's just waiting for you to say, hey, I, I want, I'm coming to you, God. Please help me. He's ready to say, let me teach you how to pray. Uh, and he invites you to come. So what's the one thing we can do? The one thing in our power 
the one thing that takes no specific gifting or training or experience. You don't need another prayer course or to read another book. Hey, only this, friends. Let's get on our knees each morning, each evening. Let's seek, let's pray, let's ask. Remember, our dependency is not uh, directed towards ourselves. It's not inward. I've got no solutions. The world hasn't got any solutions. No, we're looking up. We're crying out to God. We're repenting. We're humbling ourselves. We're acknowledging God and we turn to him. So we're going to stop now and just pray together before we finish up. Remember, we're working with new maps, new instructions. We've been carried away from all the familiar structures that have helped us as disciples. How, how are you going to be obedient to this, this week, these final two weeks of prayer? I, 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 right now, I'm sure you're thinking of all the reasons why, all the excuses you can make. But let me remind you one more time, disciple, this is entirely within your grasp and your power to do something. That's why we have these three blocks of prayer um, each year, not just because we're dependent, but to remind one another, oh yeah, I want this practice and rhythm of daily prayer. I want this healthy pattern of being in the Lord and in his word again. So let's wake up today, church, if we need to. Maybe some of you have become so anxious, so overwhelmed by life and circumstances some are withering away inside just start to come to call to seek to pray again the way to be anxious about nothing in this season is to be prayerful about everything have you got that the way to be anxious about nothing right now is to be prayerful in everything i'm finding right now i've got to give it all to jesus before i even get my feet out of the bed in the morning otherwise i'm just under a weight again yesterday i was talking to some people that aren't followers of jesus who are so afraid so anxious about their work situations. They've got no hope. How, how the big or small your situation is right now, bring it to Jesus. He's the one who invites us here. He's the one who cares and says, lay it at my feet and trust me. If we haven't transferred all our worry and anxiety onto Jesus, we probably haven't finished praying in this season. So, hey, do whatever's going to help you. Set an alarm. Set alarms on your phone three times in the day like Daniel. If you want to do that, do something different this week that will wake you up out of your rut that you're in and say, I'm part of the people of God. I'm going to live differently. I'm going to get on my knees and call out to the Lord. Find a quiet corner. Tell someone, make a promise to a friend or a small group leader or a husband or a wife or to your children or your parents. Help me. I'm going to pray with you this week. I'm going to that chair in the corner of the room with my cup of tea and my Bible. I'm going to make a new pattern before the Lord. That means I'm going to seek him before anything else. I'm going to hold on to this discipleship. I'm not going to drift away. I'm not going to become shallow and worldly. God, you're my God. I'm going to trust you and your ways. Maybe you just need to write something down. Maybe you need to tap someone on the shoulder, send someone a message and say, hey, Jesus is inviting me into this in a fresh way. Will you help me, please? But it starts with coming to Jesus. Hey, if you're able to, just, just kneel with me now. Kneeling's awkward. It's weird. I don't mind if you can't see your screens. But let's just kneel down and pray together. We don't often kneel in our kind of tradition. But we're just humbling ourselves. Wow. If you've, like the guy I was speaking to yesterday, said, so I've not even prayed before. I don't even know how to pray. Something like the Lord's Prayer is a great place to start. The prayer Jesus taught us. Or the uh, guys at, at the Alpha Course talk about a, a little um, acronym, ACT. Um, adoration, confession, thanksgiving. It's just a really simple way to start. Children, adults. So let's start with some adoration. Jesus, we come to you. Why don't you kneel down, lift your hands to the Lord. 
Jesus, I worship you. I thank you for this precious invitation to come to the one who's done it all, to come to the one who's taken my sins on himself on the cross. Lord, I worship you today. I thank you. You invite me to come with you into the throne room to meet your father, the father of all glory, the one with all authority. I've got access to him right now. Wonderful. And so we come, Lord, we, we just confess our need for you. We repent. We turn to you. There's so much we can't do. Lord, forgive me where I've given up, where I've missed this call to come to you. Forgive me where I've taken solutions into my own hands, where I've used up my own strength. God, I repent of that. It's pride. Would you, would you help me each day and in the moments of pressure each day, even in the night, to come to you, to trust you, to call out to you? Would you shape in me the heart and the attitudes of a true disciple to trust you to take care of these beautiful promises for us? And just maybe there's, there are one or two joining us today or watching later who've never prayed to Jesus before because you've never been a follower of Jesus. Again, you can come the same pathway as we have. You, you get to say, God, forgive me. God, I turn to you now. God, I trust you. I believe in you to lead my life. I lay down my self-leadership. I repent of my sins. Will you lead me now? Will you fill me now? Will you make me a follower of yours? If you're praying that way for the first time, God bless you. And please send us a message to let us know. God, we call out to you. We thank you that you listen to us. We thank you, as he said to Moses and the people in the wilderness, I've, I've heard their cry. I know their sorrow. I'm coming down to deliver them. Thank you that you're the God that says that over us now. And so we cry out to you. We call out to you. Just wherever you're sat and praying now, what is it you're calling out to the Lord for? What situation is it that seems so far out of your control, out of your hands, that you can only bring it to the Father in faith and draw from his promises? Just begin to mention it to the Lord now, wherever you are. Just pray quietly, pray in the spirit. Oh God, some of you have, some of you have stopped calling out in these last few weeks. You, you've even given up. Oh, come on, call on the Lord again. Wake up, disciple. Start again in these 20 days. Find your voice again. Call out to the Lord. Just begin to state now the situations that are heavy on your heart. Say some of the names. Speak out the circumstances. Give words to it. Don't hold it as anxiety in your spirit. Let the Father hear. Be specific. Just cry out for the breakthrough and the miracles that you need right now, that you can do nothing in yourself for. Oh God, we come to you. We name these things. We lift them up to you. We ask, we seek, we knock. We're going to find our voice. We're not going to give up. We're going to be like the widow who persisted or the friend that knocked on the door at midnight. Are you not a father who hears? Will you not turn to us as we pray to you in this way and smile on us? Oh God, thank you. If you're with a husband or a wife or with some children or praying with a friend this morning, just pray together. Just pray for a moment. I'm going to mute my microphone for 30 seconds. Just pray. Pray in the spirit. Use the gifts of the spirit. Call. Thank you jesus thank you jesus just had on my heart specifically as i was praying this morning the lord is wanting to uh invite you to come those of you who are praying specifically about the restoration of broken relationships the lord invites you call on me again it's time for that to change and i know some who are carrying so much anxiety about god's financial provision for them again the lord says you can come to me on this i invite you to trust me to ask me just bring it before the Lord in these days. 
Then finally, uh, we've got some specific prophetic encouragement instruction from last Sunday. The team that were with us said this, this 20 days of prayer is a season where doing good and healing will go hand in hand. We, we were told specifically in these 20 days to pray for healing gifts and for signs and wonders, to ask God for a dramatic increase in signs and wonders. Can you pray with me in that way in these next few days? Maybe there's someone right now who just needs the Lord to touch them in healing. Oh God, would you release your healing this morning to those who are gathered, those in need of you? Oh Father, thank you. Those who are afraid, those who've got internal stuff that nobody even knows about yet. Oh, thank you. We just speak your peace. Oh God, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We speak your peace over the Blackburns, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you. Lord, every miracle's in your hands. We come to you, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. We just, we continue to speak your peace over Tim and Tina's family. Thank you, Jesus. We receive, we receive your life. Will you pour it out? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You know every situation. Lord, we lift up Andy Tester to you. We ask you for a miracle right now, right now, in this ongoing sickness. Thank you, God. Yeah. And we were just instructed last week as well to seek God radically in these 20 days, in worship, in love, in generosity. And so, God, we say to you again, as we come to you day after day, Lord, help us to shape our own lives around this prayer to worship you, to love others and to be outwardly generous. Lord, not just with the family of the church, but with all those around us. Oh God, hear our prayers today as we gather on our knees before you and shape in us this posture of disciples. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.